Welcome to The Confidence Crown. I'm your host, Lisa Hyde, and each week I'll be sharing a solo episode or bringing in a guest that will help you bust through your fears and get you laser-focused on your dreams of time and financial freedom. I want to use this podcast as a way to empower as many women as I can to be financially self-sufficient, because babe, you rule. Think of me as your business bestie that's been through it all and here to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And while I'm not claiming to have all the answers, hopefully I'll help you sidestep the last two. Ladies, it is time to earn and own your crown and be the yes queen you are destined to be. Together, let's make it rain. Episode four of The Confidence Crown. Dating in LA, aka The Geriatric Bachelor. Okay, I'm not a senior citizen, but in LA, I am definitely over the hill. Let's be honest, no 20-something needs a show to help them find a suitor. It's the rest of us that do. Listen, the producers know what they're doing. Get a bunch of young, insecure women together to fight over one man. All hell will break loose. So here's what I would say to my 20-something self, kind of like a love note. Babe. None of those guys in your 20s are worth your time. All it really does is teach you what you want or don't want in a man. Your tastes and interests change, and theirs don't. You move on in life, and they stay. Same place, same thing. You're a career-driven woman who faces many obstacles in life, and none of them are there to stand by your side. You were raised to be independent, self-secure, And you will hear over and over in your lifetime that you intimidate men. Can the real men please step forward? Oh, where are you? You also tend to out-earn these men. And boy, does that cause a problem in your relationship dynamic. Your own fear of being abandoned tends to make you attracted to insecure, selfish men. Weird, huh? But stop repeating these behaviors now. No man is ever going to save you or rescue you. But there are some good ones out there who will love you for just the way you are, flaws and all. No, you didn't get married or have kids, but it's really a blessing because they just weren't the one. Had you gone down that road, well, you'd be looking at your third divorce. No bueno. Oh yeah, and as you get older... <laughs> the guys get hotter and younger. Yep, it's kind of crazy, but all those 20 somethings are now the guys who pursue you with abandonment. They don't care how old you are or successful, they just want to be around you. Now, are they marriage material? Probably not, but I promise you, you do have a ton of fun. The one thing that stays with you your belief in the fairy tale and romance. You're a Leo, for God's sake. I mean, even J-Lo is just now finding true love with one of the biggest players ever. Your life partner will come. He's been hiding in the wings, waiting for you to be ready. And now that you are, he'll be able to share everything with you. He's stable, secure, passionate, loving, caring, and he thinks you're a queen. Chin up, babe. It's going to be just fine. Now, Why am I talking about my love life in the middle of a podcast that's really about growing a business? Well, so much of what we do to become good in our business life has to do with personal development. 
And that personal development will trickle over into your personal life as well. So after years of practice, um, I feel I have some good stories to share. And you may see something about yourself in these stories. I'm going to start with a few of my own (laughs) war stories. And uh, just to let you know that you do bounce back from some tough relationships in your life and that there is a part of you that learns to trust and believe in your gut because in the end that is what will drive you to the finish line and how do I know it's going to be fine because I've been working on us for a long time yep there were many many years that I was a fixer and I finally drew a line in the sand and said no more So I'm going to help you, Miss 20-something self, um, be a better adult in your relationships. Uh, But it takes a while for us to get here. So (laughs) that self-development, it's good stuff. And it enabled me to stop trying to either repeat and repair relationships that were similar to the dysfunctional ones that I had with my dad and my grandfather, Um, which took many years for me to get over. And how do I clarify that? So I mentioned that my dad had a drug and alcohol problem. And my grandfather, my mom's dad, was a very manipulative person. And I tend to be drawn to men that I can fix in some way, even though I personally have never had any interest in recreational drugs. Um, I, for many, many years, attracted that type of man and um, spent many years trying to fix them. And I will say, (laughs) um, it was a moment that I'll never forget. Um, As a talent manager, one of my clients at the time was Dr. Drew Pinsky, and we were in the green room before a show And um, he looked at me and he's like, Lisa, what is going on with you? And, you know, I'm trying to keep it together. I've got this, you know, great client and I don't share my personal problems. I mean, you know, what I, what I, whatever's going on at home, that's home. I I try not to bring that stuff into work, but obviously I must have had some look on my face or some attitude or some issue because he nailed it. And I I was like, ah, well, I, I do have a question. And he's like, okay, what? And I said, what do you think of the um, antidepressant Wellbutrin? And he's like, um, that's a that's a really good drug. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of new, but it's um, it's I see some really you know promising behavior and results with it. And he's like, why are you asking? And I said, well, um, I just discovered. And then I had to, of course, open up the can of worms, which is the man that I was living with um, was clinically depressed. Um, actually, I believe was he was actually diagnosed being bipolar. And we were working with his therapist to find out um, the perfect cocktail of prescriptions that were going to work for him. Um, and at that time, Wellbutrin um, had just kind of hit the market. And it was one of many that was being discussed and Please don't hold me to that as if that was the actual one that um, was mentioned. (laughs) But I remember 
it was something that Drew was talking about. And so it was easy for me to kind of segue that question in there. Um, you know, Drew looked up from his notes as he was getting ready for the his interview that he was about to have. And he's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And I said, well, the man I'm living with has been self-medicating um, by smoking pot every day. And he kind of looked at me funny and I'm like, I know, I didn't know people did this either. <laughs> but um, what we discovered by figuring this out was that he had depression, but it wasn't being acknowledged by his parents and it wasn't being acknowledged really in the community because really back then you didn't talk about it. And all you'd ever hear was stuff about people being blue or um, he just wasn't like a go-getter or a self-starter that he was, you know, he had a very, um, I don't want to say it was a cush job, but he worked for a very successful parent and he could have done anything that he wanted, but he actually didn't have the same driver passion and he wanted to really not work. He actually would oftentimes tell me things like he wanted to be a hedonist and he just wanted to feel good and it was hard for him to stay happy. And these were all kind of odd things to me because I was in the same kind of frame of mind as his father was, which was, I was a workhorse. I worked. I, I didn't know about not working. And needing to feel good? Well, yeah, if you had a good day at work, that's how you felt good. I Again, I wasn't um, using drugs or alcohol to make me feel better. And I didn't know the excess of um, his drug use until I came home early one day from work and... Um, or found out that he was home early from work and I came home to find him like kind of curled up in bed in like a fetal position. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I just don't feel good and I can't get out of bed and I don't want to go to work. And and then, you know, I see that there's like a bong by his bedside. I'm like, well, what's this doing out? Like, why are you, you know, what, what's going on? He's like, well, it makes me feel better. And I was like, huh. So I'm telling Drew all of this stuff, right? And Drew's like, well, how often? And I'm like, I think he smokes every day now that I'm putting it all together. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And and then he's like, and what else? And I'm like, well, um, again, these are subjects we didn't discuss. And I don't know if I can really talk about this here. And I'm not using any names, so... Lo and behold, nobody can hold this against me, but um, he also had some, I guess you would call them, hmm, how do we phrase this without getting anyone in trouble? Um, he had a need to fulfill a lot of sexual behavior and drive. Um, addiction, there's the word, sexual addiction. So drug and sex addiction, there you go. Um, and again, these a lot of this was happening when I wasn't in the house, which we shared together. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And um, <laughs> Drew kind of took me by the shoulders and like looked me square in the face and he said, Lisa, you need to turn around and run as fast as you can. You don't want to be part of any of this. And I, being the fixer that I've always been, felt like, well, can I really just up and go? And he said, yes. And I said, well, 
now that he's finally seeking some help, shouldn't I stay to make sure that he gets his shit together? And um, Drew was pretty clear that, no, that really wasn't my responsibility. Um, But being the girlfriend that I was, and I had already invested a couple of years into this relationship, I was like, well, what's six months more? And mind you, I had checked out. I knew I was done, but I stuck around um, because... His therapist um, had us both in one day, and she was clearly explaining that, you know, for him, A and B doesn't equal C, and um, that I need to be patient. He needs to be patient while they figure out, again, a cocktail of medications that are going to help his brain work the same way that it does for the rest of us. So I stuck around for six months, and once I saw that he was kind of um, operating, you know, at full speed, I made my exit plan. And <laughs> this did not go unnoticed by his parents um, or other people that were close to us. Um, they wanted me to stay because they didn't want the responsibility of taking care of him. And they tried to convince me to um, stick around, that basically I'd be compensated for helping. And it was the craziest, weirdest relationship. And all I knew was I needed to get out and this was my window, and I had to run. And I packed up my stuff, and I left. But I waited until I was done watching the Oscars, because that was my happy night. That was my day. The Oscars were my party. So I waited until the Oscars ceremony was over, and I went in and told him that I was leaving, and I left. And I found out later through mutual friends that he actually you know, really spiraled and had a lot of really bigger drug problems than I was even aware of that happened after. And Drew's timing of me getting out was correct, that there was nothing I could do to save or help this person, that they had to figure it out on their own. But this repeated a few times. I had it actually happen before this relationship. Actually, one in college had a similar kind of drug situation that, again, I was unaware of. And he was going to great lengths to hide it from me, knowing my lack of interest in it. And then a person... After this one that I lived with, another person that I lived with who also went to great lengths to hide this from me, (laughs) another person that I discovered in the daytime um, who had lost his job but was telling me he was doing something else, and I came home early from work because I was sick, and there he was, smoking pot and watching porn in the middle of the day. Oh boy, I can pick him. (laughs) So thankfully, that was that and the end of the addicts in my life. (laughs) I've left off a couple of gay boyfriends and um, what other good ones do I have? Um, A couple of very, oh, like stalkerish ones. I've had a few of those. Um, It's not to say that I haven't had these also wonderful, loving and caring relationships. Um, It's just that a lot of these guys have had their own shit to deal with. And for whatever reason... Um, the time that we were together was kind of, again, this fixer stage. Like I'm fixing and cleaning them up and getting them ready and all pretty for the next one. And then they marry the next one. But I have to say, you know, I'm happy that I realized that these weren't the right men at the time and that I didn't go down these long roads with them because I'd still be tied to them. There would be children. There would be other reasons. Um, You know, three divorces, not to say that's a bad thing, but 
I would have had to have gone through that three times and I still would somehow have a connection to them. You know, with all of them, I've been able to walk away. And I was the one to walk away, by the way. Did I make that clear too? Yeah. So I come in there fully in. Like I am in. I'm not a dater. I have long relationships. Um, I am monogamous by choice. I don't understand dating. (laughs) I should probably learn, but I don't understand it. Um, Because if I like you, I like you and I want to be in and I'm all in. Um, And so, you know, in reality, people come with flaws, good, bad, and different. No one's perfect. So you start to weigh them and you start to wonder, well, like, well, they do these things really well. And these things are kind of shitty, but it's not often. And, you know, does it really affect me or is it just their behavior? So I had to do a lot of personal development and time on myself to make sure I didn't repeat these behaviors. So like I said, the last guy was the last addict. I have clearly moved on from that one. Um, And I've gotten better. And my next long-term relationship was much healthier. Unfortunately, we had a different timeline and path of things that we wanted and needed, um, and it didn't make sense for us to actually be together, um, but we created an incredible friendship that is still one that I have in my life now. So um, there was a lesson in there somewhere. Um, I think it just wasn't the right timing, and you can't make something happen that's not supposed to happen. But from there, I've had some really interesting boyfriends. And it's very different than the first half of my life. And this is part of that road to self-development and part of that road to finding my power and my strengths and what I need. Because I think for many, many of those early relationships, I was so worried about making sure that they were happy that I wasn't paying attention to my own needs and wants until I was already kind of way in deep. And it was a little late to kind of speak up about, hey, by the way, I really don't like that, or I don't want to be around that, or that's not the life I want. Um, And I think that as women, we start to understand this about ourselves truly as we get older. I mean, Trust me, I have been sexually active since I was a teenager and have always enjoyed those relationships, but they do get better as you get older and they do get better um, the more you understand your own body and how you operate and what you want from your significant other. So I'm not saying in your 20s that it's not the end-all be-all, but just don't be surprised if your wants and needs change because I really am such a different person than I was then. I mean, you know, foundation, I'm still the same girl, always, you know, nothing, that hasn't changed, but me speaking up for myself and me being able to really um, share what I want in a relationship and not being afraid to say that I actually want to be married, that I want to have a significant other and that um, a casual relationship is not okay and um, not being someone else's priority is not okay. I think we tend to 
undervalue our own selves and our lives and our needs and wants. And um, I have found in the last few years um, kind of an awakening of sorts where I've been in relationships with men who, one, are much younger, which um, I found to be... (laughs) very different. Um, and the dynamic is very different. Um, but our needs and wants are very different too. Um, I'm obviously a much more secure, healthy person. Um, although I will say that has always been kind of a common denominator. Even when I was younger, I've always been comfortable with my own body and myself. Um, even though I might not have been typically what the man in my life wanted to have around them. Yes, on many occasions, I was told that I wasn't either wife material, or I wasn't their type, or I wasn't um, aesthetically the girl that they wanted to be with, and yet they were with me, right? That That's, that's a good one to fuck with your head. So <laughs> now it's definitely much more on a desire for from both parties, um, again, not afraid to say what I want or need. And also the men that I'm bringing into my life are very comfortable saying what they want and need. And that that's the dynamic that's changed. Now, are these still the right one? Um, no, but they've gotten better. <laughs> and each one has brought a different lesson and something else to my life. Um, and clearly, um, some of them have let me know with big, bright red flags um, of what things I don't want to repeat. So I tell you this, you got to ask the questions. You know, I think so many of us, and particularly women, we get swept up in the feeling, the emotion, the chemistry, and how powerful it can be. Um, And oftentimes we don't ask all the questions of things that are important to us until it's a little too late. So go slower. Take your time. Get to know that person. Make sure you guys are on the same level for much more than just a chemistry thing. And I'll tell you, the hardest part for me has been dating at this age um, men that I'm not attracted to, but who on paper are exactly who I'm supposed to be with. They're age appropriate. They're successful. They have kids. They, um, you know, have more freedom in their life to do the things I want, like travel. And they could be much more of an equal to me. But chemistry-wise, sexually, I can't just, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I I try and I try. <laughs> But I can't, and I have not been able to. I I really this has been, this has been a dilemma the past um, I'm gonna say five years. Um, they're just not my type. Um, again, on paper, this is the guy I'm supposed to be with. This is marriage material. This is the one who I should be able to grow old with and um, have a secure life with. But. I have no attraction to them. And I've done the multiple dates, you know, again, trying to find those common denominators, looking for things that we can bond over and try not to have it, you know, be just a chemical response. But 
I am so wired for the chemical response that it is really hard for me to get past three or four dates with someone who I can just look at and be like, oh, you know, he's great. He's going to make a great friend and maybe I'll, you know, introduce him to a girlfriend of mine who's single, but boy, he's not for me because I've waited this long. I want the full package. (laughs) I want the complete picture. I want the love, the passion, the desire, the excitement. Um, I want to be needed and wanted. And I also want to be challenged. I want someone who wants to make me feel like a better person every day. And I want to feel like I'm challenging them. I am not going to settle. I have gotten this far in life where there is no settling and no going back. So the last few have been kind of interesting. Um, one, like kind of just like woke up this whole period in my life where it rem- reminded me that desire was a really important thing because I, again, had put this on the back burner and um, thought that, well, I'm this old, I need to just find someone who I can be compatible with. And no, he proved to me that, <laughs> in fact, sexual chemistry is still a very important factor. So thank you for that. Um, and then the next one, um, he was actually, it was timing. He was great. Um, a little more age appropriate, um, still younger, but a little more age appropriate, but unfortunately timing, he was going through a divorce and he was making some big life changes for himself. And so I found myself again in that little fixer position And oddly, I didn't mind it this time because there was an end to it. It had a timeline um, and we were trying to meet a goal that he had to meet. And so I was able to kind of (laughs) work my magic and I'm quoting him (laughs) when I say that. Um, It was great. You know, just chemistry off the charts. Um, We had a wonderful time together. Um, You know, incredible passion and desire. But there was a big red flag besides the divorce, which we knew why it was happening. And he was very open and honest about all of it. He wanted kids. And unfortunately for me, that window has closed. And while I had desired to have children much earlier in life, um, I'm at a point now where um, I don't and I can't any longer. So um, we had to have many, many conversations about this. And in fact, we tried for a year. <laughs> tried, 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 and tried. And um, it just, you know, my body was not going to play that game anymore. And I wasn't willing to go through the extreme methods that some of my friends have gone through to get pregnant um, because I also saw what it did to them. And I wasn't willing to do that because I really felt like if it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be. And Again, the kid factor wasn't as strong for me as it was for him. And um, I was also very open to adoption, which he is still contemplating, but I think he just really desires his own children. So um, I'm happy to say that um, (laughs) he met that goal. He is ripe and ready for the picking for um, ladies out there who are um, looking for a man who definitely wants to start a family, Um, but it's just not going to be with me. And that's okay. And I'm really okay with it. Um, Again, I feel like I served a really good purpose and I feel happy and healthy about the whole thing. And then I don't want to say I backslid, but I took a risk in getting involved with someone who 
was not not a road that I would ever think I'd go down. But again, I look at life and times, and I think at my age, you know, options are a little different. Um, opportunity is not as vast, and you have to sometimes be a little bit more flexible. And I, you know, I list my gut said no, but my heart and my head were like, huh, there's something really interesting about this person. I think you need to stop and get to know them and just see why that they why they were brought into your life. And so I did. And I think that was like on and off for six months. And the first four months were really great. And then I think I had that moment, that kind of that aha moment where I was like, you know, I think this has gone as far as it needs to go. The lifestyle this person wants to pursue is not a lifestyle that's of interest to me. And that's really the only thing that is going to keep us from, you know, being able to move along on the same kind of parallel lives because we kind of were on that same timeline. And in fact, I did something which I always recommend not doing, which is I put my foot down. I said, I'm done. I'm over. This is, you know, I ended the relationship and I was actually really comfortable, but he came back and he pursued and pursued for a good six weeks. And, um, um, I gave in. I I hesitated, but at the same time, Parney was like, "Look, you know, you told him what you didn't want. You told him why it wasn't going to work for you, and yet he's here, you know, trying to show you that he's can be different and that he wants something different from you." So I opened the door a little bit and let him in, and you know, for the first few weeks it was kind of great again. And then it just, just popped, you know, I just, it was like, no, he's not going to change. And I'm not willing to go down this road. And, you know, I should have just stuck to my guns. And I, again, made this come to an end. And it was really interesting because we were planning a vacation for the summer and we were going to be going somewhere where I've always wanted to go. And it was actually really fun to be planning this. And it was all odd because mind you, this is a person who didn't really want to be in a committed relationship, who didn't want to have anything serious. And yet he was pushing me to be more actively involved in the relationship. So it was really odd because this person came back because they said that I needed to stand up and be more active in the relationship, that I needed to make more time for them, that I needed to be more in because I was kind of on the sideline watching because I didn't want to get hurt. Um, so as I start to dip my toe back into that pool of being in a relationship, he then says how much he wants to go on vacation and we should go together because we had talked about a couple different locations in the past and if timing was right and all of a sudden we're planning a trip. And I'm like, wow, God, maybe, maybe he has changed, you know? Wow, this is, this is quite the 180. And we're looking and we finally pick a place and it's exciting and I've never been there and this is great and it's going to be a fun romantic trip. Like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's going to be a good time. And then he has to say something really stupid like, you know, it's just going to be a vacation. 
Well, no shit, dumbass. But for someone who didn't want any labels, for someone who didn't want um, there to be any defined lines, and for someone who was asking me to step at the plate, why did you have to go put a label on this strip? So I pulled the plug. I'm done. I'm out. I don't want to be in a beautiful, romantic setting with someone I'm pissed off with, with someone who is doing me a favor. This was like, like basically that's what he said. It's just a vacation. I'm just doing you a favor. Fuck that. I rather travel alone, which I tend to do and I actually love. But I did want to experience this place with somebody else. And he made it sound like he did too. So, you know, dudes, all of you out there, just get your shit together. Stay on one side of the line. You're either in or you're out. Stop doing this back and forth bullshit that makes it so hard for women, particularly in Los Angeles, to know which fucking side of the road you're on. So that kind of brings us up to speed on my dating life um, and where we are as we record this episode of the podcast. I just had an incredible first date. So hmm, who knows? Maybe this is the guy. Um, I hope it's the guy. It'd be kind of exciting if it was the guy because it would come full circle that we're talking about this now. But keep your eyes and ears open. Listen to your gut. Boy, my gut has always known when it was wrong. The red flags are there. The one thing that guys do is they tell you everything. They tell you what they want and they tell you what you don't want or what they don't want. So stop trying to fix them. Stop trying to change things. Stop trying to think they're going to ever change because they won't. Either take them for who they are or let them go for somebody else. So if you have an experience similar to mine (laughs) that you want to share or you want to get off your chest or you just want to have a a sister to to cry on with a shoulder who who knows what you've been through, uh, tag me in your Insta stories and let me know um, if we've got some relationship chatting to do. But We are going to come back to this episode another time. I do want to include some more dating examples that my friends have been going through in LA. Boy, we all have a script here for a great movie. Um, I should actually call them horror stories. And uh, we're going to title it, Guys Say the Dumbest Thing. So look for a future episode all about dating in LA.